the top four in the championship all won this weekend and there was some madness in League Two in, in midweek. Welcome to the EFL Sesh podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the EFL Sesh podcast on a more regular episode. Well, slightly regular because we've had a obviously a championship game week over the weekend and the return of the FA Cup in uh, the second round. Um, we won't mention about Leighton Orient. We'll swiftly move past that. But obviously, I'm uh, one half of the EFL Sesh podcast, Andy, and I'm always joined by my illustrious co-host, uh, Joseph. How are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. I'm trying to work out which one of us is slightly and which one's regular. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Did you have a uh, did you have a nice uh, weekend? Did you catch much of the uh, the EFL over the weekend? Uh, I did actually. I I was keeping abreast of the FA Cup results. I was yeah. obviously watched the names come out the hat. Um, saw a potential third round tie to Watford so thought, oh that's that'd be never been to Vicarage Road so I thought that'd be a nice I don't know if it's still called that maybe it's got a sponsorship name now but I thought you know that'd be a good little away day and not too not a million miles away from me and then yeah obviously Orient proceeded to lose 1-0 to Chesterfield a result that everyone on the entire planet saw coming so it wasn't wasn't a great surprise but it doesn't make it any less disappointing um but other than that yeah big big uh big fan of this weekend just gone it was christmas decorating time i feel like as soon as it gets into december it's sort of appropriate so went and got fleeced for a tree put that up decorated it nice feeling festive <laughs> yeah. are you a real tree or a fake tree guy? well i've never had a real tree but i've always wow I think, I think that's one thing certainly for the for the future i definitely want to try it out my partner's family had um i think real trees back in the day but yeah we did put our christmas decorations up as well this weekend so mm. very much uh we must have text beforehand and uh aligned our plans accordingly um for for decoration decoration sesh certainly oh, yeah that's like the sort of the sister pod um what's <laughs> yeah. your favorite christmas decoration what in my house currently yeah. um yeah it's one that we actually i think it's one that we got recently we've uh it was from a garden center and it's like these lovely robins that are like on top of each other with like looks like fake snow but it's like embedded into like the the big ornament it's massive by the way it's mm. like probably the size of probably like a small child is it was it was, <laughs> it was horrendous getting it out of the loft not gonna lie uh, <laughs> it was a disaster waiting to happen but it looks really nice actually we put it in like the corner of our lounge and it's, uh, yeah, got little Christmas hats, robins. It's nice. Uh, what about yourself? Cool. Mine is a very specific bauble from, so we we bought it in Krakow around wintertime. And it's like, it looks like, you know, like some sort of nice snowy scene. And yeah. then we sort of half drunk went, you know what? We'll do this every year. We'll go away and we'll get a bauble from that place and we'll put it on the tree. And since then, obviously, nowhere sells that. Nowhere sells christmas baubles uh, of the city <laughs> that you're in so that was sort of a one and done exercise but yeah that that remains my my favorite decoration to be fair superb no that's, mm. that's good um let's get back onto the uh the straight and narrow 
<laughs> don't mean it really is a segue to that, but that's fine. Um, I'll, I'll plug the social. So obviously the mm. podcast is on all the major podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Amazon Music, all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, make sure you give us a five-star review. It's massively appreciated. And also, you know, interact with us on the uh, on the Twitter and the Instagram or X and Instagram at, at EFL SeshPod. Um, we've been actually speaking to... Uh, one of the directors of football at Canvey Island, actually. Uh, maybe I haven't alluded to this. I've I've mentioned this to you, Joe, haven't I? So mm. uh, there could be an imminent uh, imminent guest appearance on the uh, on the pod from uh, the mighty Canvey Island. So very much looking forward to that. Hopefully, yeah. I wonder what his favourite Christmas ornament is. Yeah, that'll, that's that'll certainly first is. first order of business. Shall we? Shall we try and like? Uh, prepare some questions which is completely irrelevant to the even the ifl slash pods so it's like have you have you been listening to every question i've asked over the course <laughs> of about the entirety of the podcast i feel like that's that's our forte at the minute i think if if someone came on and didn't expect to be asked what their favorite christmas ornament really? was then i'd be quite surprised yeah that is that's so true completely agree um and uh yeah so today's going to be a sort of like traditional pod but with some little bits here and there we have our normal managerial merry-go-round because it has been changes over the weekend or over the last week which we'll allude to um we've got we're going to do two games in the championship because of the fa cup weekend we wanted to obviously do a a bit more of a bumper bumper championship because there wasn't really any league one or league two there was one league one game i think over the weekend and we've done a podcast pit and we did that from the midweek games that happened um last week and it is an absolute barnstormer um spoiler alert um so i think let's get cracking on the managerial merry-go-round joe so in the last week there has been some there has been some movement um certainly in two of the clubs and one of them we'll start talking about is cambridge Mark Bonner um, has has gone, has, has has been sacked, as is uh, relieved of his duties or wished um, wished luck in his future endeavours, whatever phrase you want to look at it. Um, after I think three and a half years or maybe four years at the helm in, in Cambridge, one the certainly one of the longest serving managers in in the EFL. Um, not gonna lie, I think they've they they obviously started like a train, and, and I remember in the first in first few episodes of the podcast, we were you know praising people like Gassan Hadme and and players like that and they they were first or second I think in the first three or four game weeks but I'm not gonna lie they have been on an absolute sinking ship the last uh, I think five or six or seven weeks and I'm not gonna lie I think this was one of the ones I wasn't really surprised about Joe what about you yeah yeah no, well I don't know if I can say yeah actually because my expectation was Cambridge were rubbish this year. So actually yeah. the fact that they weren't rubbish for a bit did surprise me. And actually their return to being rubbish is a bit true to form. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I, I wouldn't have, well, I say I wouldn't have sacked him. I probably would have sacked him. Like there, there doesn't seem to be a win in sight at the moment, but equally yet another, yet another get rid, but without a clear plan in place because what well, they've got the whole, double whammy manager situation yeah. going on at the moment with sort of Barry Corr and Kevin Betsy sharing it for a bit. But yeah. Corr's already come out and said this isn't his like long-term plan. Like doesn't like obviously he can say he doesn't want the job. Maybe he's just lying. Maybe he's doing that whole like when you do with kids where you sort of what's it called? Right? Like reverse psychology where you're like, oh I didn't actually I don't really want the job. But if if you if you're gonna get oh I guess if you're gonna give it to me I'll I'll take it. Um yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they'll they'll pull a rabbit out of a hat, but who knows? I, I I can't imagine they will. Neither Corn nor Betsy 
inspire much confidence. Um, although I, what, what I didn't know, Kevin Betsy played for the Seychelles. Yeah, I was, that's exactly what I was about to say. I don't know. We mm. might, again, we must have had that telepathy, but I would yeah, I like that from the Seychelles. That is a I don't even know where the Seychelles is, but geography normally is pretty good. But I don't even know where the Seychelles is, but uh, is is he is he a long-standing bit of a legend in the uh, in the Seychelles? Is he one of their best ever players? I have no idea. Well, he, well, he played seven times. So oh, okay, but he, he did score. He scored one goal. So not bad ratios. Yeah, it's not. It's not terrible. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you whether he's a Seychelles legend, but maybe he is. Um, I've also just had to Google where the Seychelles is because I thought I knew where it was, and it's nowhere near where I thought it was. It's oh, like fair. it's it's off the coast of like Somalia, Kenya, Tanzania. Okay. Um, in like the Indian Ocean, yes, yeah, it's, it's miles away from where I thought it was originally. But fair enough. Quite a nice place to play football, I'd imagine, on a on an international break. Certainly. You think of any other players from the Seychelles? I'm struggling. No, me either. I, I can't think of any at the top of my head. I, I, I remember no. they used to have. I remember they've had some really good athletes back in there. I swear they've had some good, like, like long distance runners and and uh, I, I see them on athletics, like the Olympic Seychelles. I've definitely seen mm. them knocking about. But football, I have no idea. Couldn't, you're couldn't, you're couldn't gonna tell. laugh. You're gonna laugh. So I've, I've I've googled it. The very first name that comes up, Kevin Betsy. So yeah, he it. actually he actually was. <laughs> <laughs> those he must have made a real impact in those seven games. Yeah, like, <laughs> what what a performance! Hundred <laughs> percent. But go, going back to your point, it's just one of them one of them situations again where you just sack a manager and there's no ready made replacement there, right? So, you know, Mark Bonner's been there for years, right? He seems to be someone that was you know liked by the fans and and uh, and they stuck by him through. And I've obviously got him up the gone up the leagues a little bit because I remember they were League Two a couple of seasons ago, weren't they? And they've gone up to League One and they've established themselves. But yeah, you just need a ready, ready replacement ready to go, right? And, and yeah, so I wish Barry and Kevin a um a fruitful caretaker um period in charge. But I think, you know, it'd be interesting to see uh who's actually going to be lined up for that job. Probably be the some of the key some of the normal players we see in 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 the uh, league pyramid and uh, ones that have just been out of jobs, I can see uh, maybe maybe I can see someone maybe like you know Gary Rowett. Me yeah, maybe maybe that's a bit too low for him. I don't know. You know, maybe just thinking the managers are currently out of jobs that probably could do a job job there. Um, who knows? We'll we'll, we'll see and we'll obviously uh, keep you updated in the managerial merry-go-round because it seems to be a massive merry-go-round that provides stories week on week. And I suppose <laughs> the last one is. Um, after being sat by Rotherham, Matt Taylor's back in a job. He has taken the role on a multi-year deal with Bristol Rovers um, as of the 1st of December. So that was a nice Christmas treat for him uh, back in employment. I think that was uh, <clears throat> looking when Rotherham got rid of their manager because um, I haven't actually replaced him yet. That was the 14th of November. So for, him, for two and a half weeks, he was out of work. So I think that's that's, that's good going for him. Um, yeah, it's not bad. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. I certainly don't hate the appointment. I think uh, it's good that he's been put on a, a multi-year deal. He's, I think, he's obviously been renowned for you know doing well with younger players, developing players. Things a bit more of a longer-term appointment from from Bristol Rovers. Um, obviously, they're going from the days of Joey Barton, and 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 to him, it's definitely a culture shift. I think. Um, I don't hate it. I'm, I'm, I think it's quite a good appointment from Bristol Rovers. I, I, I don't. I, I think there's. 
in my mind, there's definitely a longevity element to it. And I think that's a that's a good way of looking at it. Just took a bit of time to to get that to get to that decision. Mm. What about you, Joe? I imagine, yeah, I agree. I'm a bit surprised he'd take the job, to be honest. But I think mm. it's probably caveated by the fact that A, he left Rotherham in pretty bad shape. Yeah. And B, three and a half years at yeah. least purportedly the contract, which is a very long time in the football league. Yeah, like, yeah. Any anything sort of up to two years is pretty standard fare. But yeah, a deal for three and a half years halfway through the season is it is crazy actually. So yeah, I imagine that's that's swayed his decision. Um yeah, I think it's a good appointment. Hopefully not too good, because I think for this year, for Orient to succeed, others must fail. And yes, Raiders are definitely definitely in that category. But um yeah, no, I I think that's that was a bit of a surprise to me, to be honest. Um, mm. And like you say, no, I worked for very long. No, exactly. And it, but I, I think, um, I think it does show the kind of level of manager he probably is. And I think maybe League One is his level. So I think mm. establishing himself like a club like Bristol Rovers that you know do have some quite good attacking talent. They have some good young players, and I think it's a it's a project that I think he could he could thrive in. So yeah, I think it's a good appointment. Um, and that is the that is the actual mar- managerial merry-go-round completed. So that's that's done for another week. Um, I'm sure probably next week there'll be some other managerial seconds. There's certainly ones that I think probably are on the periphery. Um, uh, on. Who's on your list? Who's, who's on, on the list? list? Of, uh, yep. Well, I don't know how the Sutton manager is still in a job after all the uh, all, all the all the games that he's been involved with and mm-hmm. uh, that shambolic. Um, Look, looking at the list, I'm just looking at general general list. Nigel Atkins, he's definitely not plucking up any trees at Tranmere. I think he's he came in <laughs> to, to put it very mildly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, certainly not not liking that. Um, yeah, probably they're my they're my two at the moment. Yeah, no, I like I that. Uh, but... Don't worry, I'm just just making sure they get go down on uh, on my list from your list. <laughs> I've got post-it um, notes covering the screen, mate. I can barely see like anything or anyone, but yeah, I, I've got all of our rogue predictions dotted around the place. I've got a couple from myself to revisit next week, which you'll be surprised to hear aren't looking good. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Love it. Nice. Well, let's go cracking in and straight into the uh, to the league review. Uh, so we'll start with the championship, the two games that uh, we said we were going to go through. So maybe, Joe, do you want to kick us off this week and uh, I'd love talk to. to us about mighty Leeds United against Carrick Ball? Yeah, cracking game. Um, two teams going into it that were in, um, well, I say pretty good form. They, they were in pretty good form. Um, Middlesbrough with... Two wins, a draw and a loss in their last four and leads with obviously three wins and a draw. So it's like the better form. Um, both back to playing sort of the football they're renowned for. Uh, Carrick's obviously wrestled Tuba ball away from him and, and brought it back to Carrick ball. And uh, Daniel Farker's sort of chaos football, which which I'm a massive fan of, to be fair. Um, 3-2, the game ended uh, to Leeds. But it could have ended at half time because all the action squeezed into one action packed 46 minutes of, oh no, 51 minutes of football. It's 45 plus six. Um, three minutes in, Emmanuel Latte Lath, that's what we're going to go with, uh, opens the scoring for Middlesbrough, 1 0. Um, two minutes later, five minutes, Dan James equalises. Two minutes after that, seven minutes in, the game's 2 1. Crescencio Somerville, unbelievable player, mm, um, yeah. puts Leeds ahead. Um, Couple of bookings, love that. And then 
Joel Pirro steps up, 38 minutes, slots home and penalty. A relatively slow start to the season for Pirro, but he has looked fantastic mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, um, well, to be fair, everyone who plays for Leeds has looked pretty fantastic recently. <laughs> but but yeah, going forward, they've looked a force. Um, and then in stoppage time over the first half, our man, Emmanuel Latte Lath, um, gets another, bags his second. Middlesbrough 2, Leeds United 3. Um, a couple more bookings in in extra time, which which everyone likes to see, and um, and they go in at half time, get the oranges out and and have a breather. Second half comes and goes with with not much doing apart from Anferny Dyke steal again. What that's what we're going way. with. I think I that's know. probably the, that's that's an absolute. You've had yeah, we Anferny get in touch because if I've got that right, I'm giving myself a bonus point in the prediction league. Um, gets his second booking after picking one up in stoppage time in the first half as well, which is which is disappointing. Um, and gets himself sent off, which is which is not conducive to getting yourself back into a game that you are three two down against, uh, away from home. Um, one positive for Michael Carrick is that he did use all five of his substitutes with uh, Farker only using four, so. Yeah, well, well done. And um, when it comes to throw-ins, only eleven throw-ins for Middlesbrough, um, and a wow. mere sixteen for Leeds as well. Only twenty-five throw-ins in the game, which is either testament to the fact that neither of these uh, managers subscribe to the pod, which I I don't believe. Um, so it must just be their styles of football, I guess. Just not 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 interested in the uh, in the stat padding. Only interested in the goals. Disappointing, but. It is what it is. We we will be the watchful eye that um that the football league needs on those key statistics. Hundred percent. Andy, anything to add? It was yeah, a great game. It's yeah, a great, game. Uh, great advert for the championship. One mm. of those games, which I think, um, if you were there, I think it was absolutely excellent. And I, it's good to see like two teams just going for it. And I think it's um, it's definitely an indication of the maybe the confidence both teams have currently in this in this you know vein of form they have. I think Leeds, to me, are certainly, you know, from an Ipswich perspective, the team that's probably going to catch Ipswich up. I think eventually they're, they're just a machine. They just keep winning or just not losing right now. And they, I think that's, you know, for the, for them, you know, their home form has been excellent. You know, that's, I think that's four straight home wins for them. And that's uh, making making Ellen Road a fortress that like he probably should mm. be in this league. Um you Against... worried about Southampton? You're not worried yeah, about Southampton yeah. creeping up? I certainly am. All the all the mm. top four, you know, I think, you know, and it's quite interesting because I think everyone's still predicting to Ipswich to come like fifth or sixth in this in this division. But um and, and just assuming that Leeds and Leeds and Southampton are gonna just leapfrog them. But you never you don't know. It's, it's still it's still seven points between them, right? It's, it's still yeah, a massive I'll... gap. I'll um, tell you, I'm a I'm a convert. After seeing that goal, that it, the second Ipswich oh. goal as well. It, 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 when those are going in, you know it's a special season. Bloody yeah. Mister Mister Nobody, Mister Burns. Sorry, excuse me, Mister Nobody. Who do I think I am? Scoring yeah. outside of the right foot, Travellers into the top corner. It's like, what am I watching? It's like, I don't it was know. bloody I was... superb. I tell you that. It was one of the best goals I've seen in a long, long time. I tell you that. Mm. Um, superb. Um, so, but, the, but going back to Norfolk, charisma. Yeah, um, and I, I cannot wait because in two weeks, literally on the sixteenth, sixteenth, it's uh, it's Ipswich Norwich, it's the East Anglian derby. Oh, I love that. I'm uh, I'm I'm staying over the night before on Friday night in a in a travel lodge in Ipswich, and then going to get going to like the Ipswich Social Club, plug them, 
um, to to get some brekkie before the game because it's a twelve thirty kickoff really early. I'm buzzing for it. Uh, I can't wait fosters to... and cornflakes. Yeah, exactly. I can't wait to experience my first uh, East Anglian derby, and I think it's going to be uh, one hell of a game. But going back to it, it leads me mm. You know, we've always applauded in this pod to get you know people getting a like a forty-five plus six yellow card, but not when you're going to get red carded late, about twenty minutes mm. later in the game. And I think for that, that probably killed the game for Millsborough. I think probably they. 11 v 11, I would probably expect this to be a draw or, you know, very, very close or you maybe just, you know, Middlesbrough to make more of a fight of it. When you go down to 10 men, your attacking prowess and your attacking vigour just goes, doesn't it? Because you're trying to just keep the ball out of your own net. You're probably pressing back and you're probably doing a low block or anything. So I think... I think... You can't get the ball. You can't get the ball if this leads to yeah. First half, possession is... For all intents and purposes, 50-50. Second half, it's 70-30. Yeah. Can't compete with 10 men. Exactly. So I think that killed the game for him. So I think uh, Dyke still has got uh, some explaining to do to Carrick because I think that probably stopped them probably uh, getting a point out of this game. But a real good advert for the championship. And I think uh, one of the games that we definitely had to talk about this week. And uh, yeah, Leeds are a force to be reckoned with. With that front four of... Somerville, Pirro, James, and Rutter in the championship. That to me, they could be playing in the Premier League. That's just that's that's a that's an an Ampadu is a great midfielder, right? And he's, even though he can slot back in the defensive role, I think still they've kept a majority of uh, a spine in that team. Um, and when you when you when you can bring on players like Jaden Anthony, Notto, and Bamford in, into that team as well, that strength and depth is going to be certainly useful for them moving forward. But Middlesbrough, on the other hand, they're they're doing it with a really kind of you know bar couple of players, a really really young squad, and I think they're one certainly to look at for the future. And I think Carrick certainly starting to get a tune out of them. And I don't think I think they'll take a lot of positives out of that game, but also they'll take probably they'll probably be gutted with that red card. And I think that was the one that killed the game in 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 the long run. So, any final thoughts on that game, Joe? Before we move on to the second game. Um, only to ask you if Leeds and Middlesbrough respectively were fruits, what fruit would you say they were? Good question. Um, at this moment in time. Um, um Oh, that's a good question, actually. No. So my plan is to eventually correlate it like expected fruit to final league position and see if there are like high performing fruits in your mind or it's just yeah. random. So actually, I think I'd like your opinion on just their club. club. As uh, like yeah. Rather than their form. Um, okay, well, I think good question. It's it's a real t- it's a real I think if I was to say for Leeds, maybe mm. like a blueberry, because they may yeah. they 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 are kind of generally well known. Blueberries are quite mm. a well known fruit. But when you when you bite into them, they got that little punch and that little like spurt of energy and a little mm. spurt, right? I think it it can spring surprises and you don't really know what you're going to get with them. You could get a hard blueberry, you could get a really soft blueberry. You know, it's a little bit up in the air. So I think a blueberry for uh, Leeds United. Yeah, sold. A Middlesbrough, a quick fruit. <laughs> yeah, Middlesbrough. have always been kind of a big club, and maybe that maybe maybe something just very standard like a. Like an apple, maybe just something that. We, I'll tell you, that's bizarre because I was also thinking apple. Like, yeah. I, I did, like okay, yeah. So you I'm can, committing that. I'm committing apples, those down. 
you can get really sweet apples and that's them you know firing all the cinders but then you can get like a really sour apple and mm. when they're on a bit of a bad run of form and they're either up there or down and again you don't really know what you're going to get really so but they always yeah. pack a good crunch so I'll, I'll say that's an apple for for Middlesbrough yeah love that um good. so expect more of that question because i've decided that's some analysis that needs to be done i've yet to see the fruit to performance um analogy made and yeah a huge gap in the market there uh, exactly 100 percent. Mm. well let's move on to the next game and um yeah please it's it's actually good news for sheffield wednesday yes it's not going to be pummeling them this season mm. today because Danny Roll gets his, I think, statement win of the season so far as manager of Sheffield Wednesday, a resounding 3-1 success against a, I'd say, a pretty informed Blackburn side. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a brilliant result for them, really. Um, Starts off with, uh, you know, pretty pretty out of the traps quick. And uh, Adam Oteri, I'm going to go for, um, gets a a good goal on the the fifth minute. Good for the fans because I think Hillsborough has certainly been a place where a lot of teams have got points, away teams have got points, and good to see a kind of fast start from them. And that we haven't really seen that all season, really. Um, and then Chef Wednesday think well, that's a sharp shot for the whole half, and nothing happens really in the uh, in the first half. And uh, but then Blackburn kind of try and spoil the party, and uh, probably. For me, one of the most informed players in the whole of the league so far, Sammy Smodix. I think he's got like 11 goals this season already. He's uh, absolutely flying. Gets a goal in the 65th minute and uh, certainly, a, certainly a player that I think maybe lower league, Premier League teams may look at in January. I think he's certainly a um, uh, the informed player at the moment. Um, but then it shows a lot of character, I think. You know, it could have easily gone downhill and the way that Sheffield Wednesday have been playing this season, it could have easily been... Um, a Blackburn revival and uh, maybe the the scoreline the other way around. But Johnson gets a great goal on the 78th minute to show a bit of character, certainly. And then Josh Windass, uh, you know, famous son of uh, <laughs> Dean Windass, gets a uh, gets a goal on the 91st minute to see it home and a, a resounding, excellent, re- excellent win. Um, you'll love it as well. All five subs used by Danny Roll, so that's excellent. With only John yep. Dole only using one, which is absolutely poor, poor form. Mm. But looking at looking at the stats, it seems to suggest that Blackburn were on top in this game. But from what I've looked on the highlights in the game, I think I think Sheffield Wednesday were very good value for this win. I think they they weathered the storm. They kind of like sometimes when you're in them positions, especially the position they're in, you know, it, when you go one and up, it could be really easy to either try and go really really defensive and then mix you know be really exposed and letting a lot of goals but from what i've seen they 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 definitely were trying to go for the second which is really positive and the fact that they did concede the goal and could have easily let their heads go down they actually pushed back on and actually got two excellent goals in really good times in the game to kind of like suck the life out of blackburn and, and give them, didn't really give them an opportunity to get back into the game after that so I think Sheffield Wednesday will take a lot of confidence out of that game. And with teams like QPR and QPR winning at the weekend and Marty getting definitely a tune out of this this squad, certainly now, it was a very, very well-needed win. And yes, they're 10 points away from safety, but one win can certainly get them, get them going. And yeah, I think against a team like Blackburn, who have been, you know, you know, the seventh in the league for a reason, right? They, you know, they're... they're 
I don't think many play many many individuals or many pundits would have definitely put a three one Wednesday win on the card. So nice to see, nice to see a good performance, but also nice to see a, a sense of character to to get ahead in the game and maintain that lead and also push for a third and get a third. What about you, Joe? Oh, I like that. Yeah, agreed. I I, I love to see Sheffield Wednesday win. Um, after a winless, after a Oh no, they got one point in November yeah. after an almost pointless November. Um, yeah, starting off December with a win, huge news. I, yeah. I never like it when a team gets completely cut adrift at the bottom. I like them to remain mm. at least somewhat competitive. So, yeah, I'm glad they pulled that rabbit out of the hat. Um, defying all the odds as well. I mean, throw-ins again, a mere seventeen throw-ins to Blackburn's thirty-one, which uh, thirty-one throw-ins. I know, which brings us obviously much closer to our. Our sort of 50 40 a game average, but yeah, but bizarre, um, lopsidedness there. Um, and also a slight chat. So, John Dahl Thomason, we're giving him credit for the meager one substitution he's managed to make, but the jury is still out whether he'd actually been sent off at that point or whether that sub was made after. Yeah. So it could be, a, it could be a zero subber, which is quite the insult, actually. Um, again. Uh, don't get me wrong I like a booking for argument but you can't get sent off for arguing as a manager that's that's beyond the pale that's stupid um, and from reading it it's pretty inconclusive whether it was a second yellow or just a straight red for his sending off which actively comes with a ban so John Dahl that is a bad weekend in the office losing uh, using arguably zero substitutions and getting yourself banned for a game for argument that's that's not that's not ideal. It's not great. Um, not great, Brev. Which is a shame because actually Blackburn have been sort of undercover, hmm. doing very well this year, um, yeah. kicking around the playoffs. Although there are a lot of teams kicking around the playoffs this year, um, kicking around the playoffs, winning a lot of games that I didn't don't expect them to win, um, and then losing Sheffield Wednesday, which is a bit bit rogue. But well, hey, what does it say about the league? Any team can beat anyone on any day. Apart from if you're Rotherham, when you just apparently <laughs> can't win ever, can't win. <laughs> yeah, yes. absolutely, hundred percent. So let's um let's crack in straight into the table for for the championship mm. after the game week. So, um, Leicester is still top of the league. A um a last minute win winner against a very informed West Brom mm. uh, team is a is a great result for them, and that still means they are one point clear on forty six points. Um, Ipswich. Two straight wins now. Good win in the week against Millwall, three one. And predicted uh, that that predict- was a that was a me special. That one that, that was, was definitely on my bad. list. I'll put a big tick next to that one. Love that and uh, a Covent beat Coventry with uh, Joe's already alluded to it. That outside the boot wonder goal by Wes Burns, which is great. They're on sec. They're second on forty five points, which is still. <laughs> I'm a convert. Wins. I'm a convert. <laughs> Ipswich are going up this year. I'll tell you right now. Fourteen wins, two losses. It's just. It's just crazy. They've lost mm. the least amount of games in the league, and forty-one goals scored in this in this league as well so far. Nuts. Um, Leeds after their brilliant win um, means for them that's thirteen points out of possible fifteen for uh, for Leeds. So uh, they're rocking, and uh, yeah, they're they're third on thirty-eight. Southampton again, thirteen out of fifteen. Definitely one of the informed teams at the moment. Russell Martin's finally getting a tune out of that squad. Thank God. Um, they're fourth on thirty-seven. West Brom did get a obviously lost to Leicester at the weekend, but again they've they've definitely been in form. They're fifth on thirty two, and Hull, even though they lost to Watford at the weekend, who I again 
Watford are quite in, quite in form at the moment, are still on still sixth on thirty points. So certainly there's a there's a definite gap forming between the top two, top three, four, I think, and the uh, the rest of the playoff zone. But that top of top of mid table shuffle certainly there. There's uh there's only four point or five points between fourteenth and sixth. So it's uh it's definitely crowded in that area, and. QPR two wins on the bounce puts them right back in the uh, in survival mode for them and uh, they're on sixteen points twenty second. Rotherham, as we said, can't buy a win at all. Um, they're on thirteen points and then Sheffield Wednesday, as we've alluded to, massive win at the weekend. That's four points out of the last six. We're doing a world of good and they're twenty fourth on ten points. Still very much cut adrift, but you never know. They could go on a massive mad run and get himself out of safety and we'll, we hope that's the case so that is the championship right now so that is that is our main game review uh, in terms of the league but we said obviously at the start of the pod we would do a pod pick um for this for this week and we were we were looking through the archives of last week and we've decided to choose a league two game you know obviously because we love league two in this uh in, in this in this gaff um and we chose a game for midweek and joe Talk to me about an absolute crazy end to the game in Accrington Stanley versus Swindon for me, please. I would love to. I'd immediately like to correct myself though and ask you the question: What fruit do you reckon Sheffield Wednesday and Blackburn Rovers are? That was that was immediate non-commitment to that segment. I just sure. walked yeah, straight exactly. over it. But yeah, I, I yeah. Sheffield Wednesday right now, or just as a club. Hmm. They are quite, I don't know if they're quite hated, but I know there's a lot of people that don't like Sheffield Wednesday. So I'm going to go for like a, a, a fruit I don't really like, and that's a kiwi. A lot of people like the kiwi, wow. but a lot of people don't. I'm not on the fan club, and I think I'm, I'm, I am like a kiwi. I'm a big uh, eat the skin guy. I don't, yeah. when you get people teaspooning it out, it's like, nah, it's not for me. I eat my <laughs> fruit cutlery-less, thank you. Yeah. Um, and then Blackburn. Blackburn. Well, looking at the goal difference at the moment, they're like thirty-two scored thirty-one, so they're either like hot and cold. So it's got to be a fruit that you can have hot and cold. Maybe a pear. Maybe a pear. Oh, mate! I, I these these answers are blowing me away. They are blowing <laughs> me away. Um, I can't wait thinking about to see how that. that pans out. Yeah, no, no, no. Thinking about it, the exact requisite amount. Um. <laughs> Accrington Stanley versus Swindon. While I let you stew on what fruit these two teams are, I'll uh, I'll give you the blow by blow. Um, yes, as alluded to, absolute rip roarer, which ended four three to Swindon, but that does not mean it was a, an uneventful game. Um, yellow cards galore in the first half. We're looking at six of them straight off the bat. Um, five for Accrington Stanley and one for for Swindon. Um, in amongst that chaos, Dan Kemp's for Swindon, unbelievable player in League Two and proving it as well week on week. Um, steps up, 17th minute, bangs away a penalty, 1-0. Um, and then Jake Young, another player who has been unbelievable, really. Mm. There you go. He's been unbelievable. Um, 2-0, 31 minutes, Swindon going at halftime, 2-0 up um, and looking good, looking good for the uh, for the win. They, they, they get in, Michael Flynn says more of the same, please. And they come out in the second half and they get more of the same. Saidu Khan scores in the 60th minute, 3 0. You're thinking game's over. Um, Accrington Stanley gets a 69th minute penalty. And all of a sudden, 
thinking, oh, score this, we're back in the game. Well, don't worry, saved. Tommy Lee, can't score. Murphy Maloney, Mahoney rather, can save. So no no goal, Swindon three. Agnison Stanley, nil. 89th minute, Charlie Austin, the workhorse, bangs one in for Swindon, another one in for Swindon. It's 4-0, there's nine minutes of stoppage time. Let's just coast home. Well, let's not coast home. 92nd minute, Karede Adedoyin gets what, what appears to be a consolation for Atrington Stanley. 97th minute, Brad Hills, centre-back, extraordinaire, bangs one in. It's 4-2. You're thinking, all right, ref, blow the whistle. 100th minute, Brad Hill gets another. Brad Hill's street striker. 4-3, Michael Flynn's apoplectic. And John Coleman, after having been sent off, is probably wetting himself somewhere in the stands um, and then the ref does blow the whistle and calls an end to it which is a massive shame but yeah, yeah it ends Swindon 4 Accrington Stanley 3 um, 4 subs apiece so it's a good effort I, it, that's the trade off I don't mind a few less subs if it's a really good game so yeah a really good effort as alluded to astonishing amount of cards 8 in total um, love that uh, and throw-ins 16 apiece which is a very fair reflection of both the evenness of the game and also the fact that this week in the FL, throw-ins were, were low down the list of priorities for managers, yeah. which is very odd. Um, Andy, what can you add? There's a few things. Firstly, that is probably the most amount of goals in a four-minute, four more like a 15-minute period I think I've seen like at the end of the <laughs> game. That's absolutely nuts. The yellow card thing. Also, can we just say... Swindon's formation for this game three yeah, five that. three mm. five one one. Don't think I've ever seen that before. Mm. Um, definitely was bearing fruit throughout the game, going four 0 up. And I suppose I will, I will single out Young. I think that's sixteen goals in nineteen games in this league so far. Yeah. He is absolutely rampant in this league, and certainly is too good for this league. He's definitely at least a League One, League One level striker or even higher. Yeah, Bradford absolutely kicking themselves for 100%. laying him out this year. Don't know what that was all about. You know, madness, absolute madness. But looking at the stats though, <laughs> Crinton Stanley had 28 shots in this game, mm. right? And compared to compared to Swindon's 12, eight shots on target, three goals. In the end, it was actually not bad on the ratios, but what were they doing for them 28 shots to only, <laughs> to be 4-0 down from the uh, 90th minute? Makes no sense. And then Swindon, 12 shots, five on target, four goals. That's exactly what we like to see on the EFL Seth broadcast. Mm. Absolute efficiency in front of goal. And yeah, seems an absolute... It, well, it's just showing us again why League Two is absolutely bonkers this year. I think Swindon's... I'd like to see Swindon's results all this year because there's been some five alls, there's been some four all. I, I, honestly, some of these games are nuts. I've just seen, like, they lost to Stockport 4-2 a bit earlier. Like, there's, there's been some bonkers results in this league. Um, and, and Swindon's been one of them teams that have certainly been part of that. Like, hey, I'll tell you a weird fact about Swindon, to be fair, yeah. on, the, on that point. So they have scored the most amount of goals in the Football League with 43. Yeah. And they have conceded the second most amount of goals with thirty six. Yeah, <laughs> like they're yeah they're they're loving it. It's it's high octane football uh, when you when you watch Swindon. But then you goals. look at but then you look at teams like Barrow who are third in the league, five straight wins for Barrow, 27, mm. 27 goals scored, only sixteen conceded. That's just like stingy you know, comparisons. 
absolutely nuts. Um, but yeah, an unbelievable game. One of them bonkers results that you know we see. It the thing is, it's not even like it's not even like luck now. I swear we get in League Two these kind of results every single week. There's mm. always one bonkers game that we always look for. Um, that's why we love it, right? It's it's just it's just a great game. John Coleman, you know, one of them long-standing managers, and I will go to the fruit one. Accrington Stanley, um, they always say, who are they exactly? So I'm going to go for like a dragon fruit because who knows what a dragon fruit is? Wow. Um, wow. I have no idea. Um, and Swindon Town, stable club. They had that, you know, mad run where they had Palo de Canio as manager and they were like sponsored by FIFA at one point, weren't they, a few mm. years ago? But now they're obviously in League Two. So I'm going to go for, I don't know. Maybe like a nectarine or something like that. I don't know. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Nectarine. Unbelievable. Has like a bit of tartness, a bit of still behind it, but quite well known and probably still living off the coattails of it being a sister of an orange. <laughs> I, I like that. I like the idea that the nectarine is merely a, an, a sister of an orange and not a fruit <laughs> within its own right. Absolutely. You know. Mm. Um, Joe. Let's talk about mm. the League Two table. Do you want to Let's, give a summary of it? I'd love to. Um, Stockport, as predicted, sit proudly atop of League Two with 42 points um, with a very convincing 0-0 draw against <laughs> Salford, um, which, uh, again, as predicted. Uh, five points later, we get to Wrexham in second on 37, equal on points with, as you mentioned, Barrow who are in third place with 37 points and absolutely on fire. And tactical masterclass at the weekend. Get yourself out of the cup early. Focus on the league. Great play by Barrow yeah. there. Um, Mansfield in fourth. Join on points with both fifth and sixth. So Mansfield, Crew, and Notts County all on 36 points. So that's one point between sixth and second, which is yeah. ludicrous. And then, and then we've got another five-point jump down to the last playoff place, uh, Gillingham with 31. So those top six have really broken away at, at, at present. Um, yeah. And then at the bottom, we've got old familiars, Forest Green second from bottom with 15 points, and Sutton one point behind on 14 points. Although. Sutton on a ludicrous run, unbeaten run at the moment. Yeah, it's it's at least five. I'm yeah. I'm checking to see if it's more than five, but their last four results, every single one of them, one all. Nuts, crazy, um, nuts. And they're so teams it... that aren't too bad. Like obviously, their tram was around them, yeah. right? Colchester around them, not losing, but they they drew a crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like it. It, it was five as well. It was wishful thinking to think it would be more than five. It was exactly yeah, yeah. five. It, there are some big red boxes after <laughs> after that win. But yeah, I, I mean, that's that's when it sort of gets into that, oh, is it just not our year? Like one of those games, could you not just get a deflected goal, not yeah. let in a deflected goal? All of a sudden, you win a couple of those draws and you're, well, you'd be, you'd be safe. You'd be equal on points with Tranmere with a better goal difference. So yeah bit frustrating but who knows maybe the november was just the precursor to a fabulous december sutton and sheffield wednesday march hand in hand up their respective leagues i'm not solidifying that one as a prediction that, that, <laughs> that, but but if it comes true maybe maybe it was all me yeah. <laughs> but there's well, your league there's league two 
Exactly. Well, that is our game week review done this for this week. Um, really fun and uh, yeah, good good game to finish on. Um, we'll take a bit of a break there, and we'll be back with uh, the long anticipated and Joe's already alluded to it. Maybe fruitful predictions league for Joe this week. Um, and then we've got a double Canvey Island update uh, for this week, and to to leave the fans happy. So we'll see you in a mo. <laughs> Hello and welcome back from your breaks. Um, I can hear, I can hear through your, I don't know, your audio media player that you want the Canvey Island update. But no, I'm going to have to stop you there. It's predictions league first. Um, Andy alluded to the fact it might have been fruitful. Um, news flash, it yet again wasn't. But we 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 did get a few more points than normal. But it's probably because there was an extra game. So. Just by sort of the law of averages, you, you have to get more points. Although I was thinking this the other day, I think we're being too hard on ourselves, Andy. Because mm. how many times have you ever predicted the correct score once? Mm. Like, let alone three times a week. Like, if we were actually predicting the result three times a week, we need to get ourselves down the bookies every every day. Basically. Yeah, we'd make we'd make. Well, I mean, we make millions from the pod, obviously, but we would make so much more money doing that. Um, but yeah, maybe when our luck turns, maybe this is just a test. As soon as, yeah, as, soon yeah. as it starts working, we'll, we'll get on that. Um, Predictions League, I know that's what you want to hear. Championship, Preston QPR. I had 2-0. You had 2 I had 2-0 to Preston. You had 2 all. It was 2-0 to QPR. So we had the right score in there somewhere, but just not the right result. So nil poir. For both. Uh, Port Vale Derby, we both plumped for a Derby win, but not a 1-0 Derby win. So we both get one point apiece. Yeah. And Stockport versus Salford, we were extremely bullshit about. So I predicted very confidently a... Well, I think we actually both predicted a 5-0 win, but then I, to differentiate myself, said 6-0. And of course, it was 0-0. 0-0. <laughs> yeah, so we, we royally jinxed that. So sorry, Stockport. Um. Yeah. So. So. Nil poire for both. Uh, and our bonus game, Canvey Island versus Chatham. There was a point where I thought my five-two was going to come yeah. true, and I was bricking it. I was like, "What is going on?" Um. Unfortunately, not. However, Canvey did win three-two, and we both predicted Canvey Island wins. Well, how could we not? So yeah. that was two points apiece for that week. Um doesn't do anything to the to the gap so i'm still four points behind i'm on 21 points and you're on 25 but yeah not not too unproductive um yeah a better a better week than most which is maybe some saying something about our predictive ability rather than it being a good week but but we'll leave that one there anyway i think we're about to redeem ourselves i think you're going to give us three games we're about to get all of them bang on yeah, normal normal service resumed, one mm. per league for next week. Um, so the first game I'm in the championship I'm going for is uh, Norwich-Preston. Ooh. Ooh. Norwich-Preston. I'm going to go for 2-1 Norwich. Yeah, I'm going to 3-1. I think they're Norwich in pretty good form and uh, Preston a bit, up, a bit up and down, even though they're still around the playoff zone. I think they've been a bit up and down recently. They've got... Obviously humbled by QPR at the weekend, so I think Norwich are favourites at home on this one. Agreed. Next one, tough game. I don't know how to go with this one. Reading Barnsley, because Reading Reading Barnsley, Barnsley. yeah, Reading Barnsley. I 
uh, Reading obviously had a massive result of the week, didn't they? They won like five one, didn't they? In the in the week, didn't they? So um, could be a little bit, could be have a little pep in their step. I know where they are in the league, but you know, I I, I found it difficult to do this one. But what about you, no, Joe? Well, no, you've convinced. I was about to get it really wrong, but you've convinced. No, I'm going for it. I'm going three 0 Barnsley. Reading nice. don't. Yeah, they don't have it in them. Well, I'm going to go for a one all draw. Oh, nice, KG. KG, yeah. Either of those would suit me, to be fair. Reading can keep on losing as much as they want. Yeah. And then the final game, we obviously alluded to them in in the table review, but Barrow versus Gillingham. Oh, that's a great game. Yeah. That's a great game. Um, And Gillingham's debut on the Prediction League, um, just so you know. Um, And I think they will get a debut win. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win 1-0. That's funny because I've gone Barrow win 1-0, so that's good. Oh, tight. Yeah, tight. Okay. okay. Well, I look forward to reporting back our, uh, yeah, our, 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 well, our, our enormous points haul, I imagine. Um, 100%. Yeah. Nine points. Here we come, boys. Love mm. it. Good. Okay, well. As the to finish off the pod, as we always do, we all do our customary Canvey Island update. Even though Joe did give a little Canvey Island update in the oh, yeah, I've, I've, oh no, I teased it. Yeah, I've the gun. yeah. Um, but no, we'll start off with the game that was on Tuesday night on the twenty eighth. Um, Canvey Island at home at the Movie Star. Uh, whole two hundred sixty four in attendance. Um, witnessed a really really good game actually. A a three two win uh, for for Canvey. Starts off with uh, Sack getting a goal on the fifth minute. Starts off the game really, really well. Um, but then a quick fire two from uh, Chatham to put them 2-1 at half time. Dixon and Yilla on the 32nd and 39th minute, respectively. But yeah, so it makes that half-time team talk for Brad, um, for Canvey, uh, a little bit different. But turning point in the game. Um, Refo uh, for Chatham gets sent off um, and... As a result, uh, Hubble gets a 59th minute penalty to make it two all, and then Sack on the 79th minute sees it home, a wonderful three two win. Um, and looking at the en- end of the game, it looked like there was op- I think your five two was on. I think Canvey mm. were peppering the goal at the end of the game, and it could have easily been a five two. But no, it start- starts starts uh, also finishes with a three two win, another good win for Canvey. Certainly, exactly what the doctor ordered, and. Uh, Gives them a lot of confidence. However, their second game on Saturday, uh, a game that probably was watched by thousands of people um, online, um, a away trip to hashtag United, Spencer FC's hashtag United. Um, certainly been making a storm throughout the throughout the leagues and they obviously had that mad FA Cup run last season. I think they nearly got to the first round um, proper hashtag last year. But... Um, a unfortunate 3-1 defeat um, at the Bowers and Pitsy Stadium uh, for, for Canvey this week. Bit of a local derby, actually, where they play. Bowers and Pitsy is very, very close to, to Canvey, um, Bowser and Way. Um, but Toby Aramalaran, um, of fame of Love Island, gets a uh, goal on the ninth minute, start off the start off the game for has, uh, hashtag. Um, Kianga Benny, I think. Kianja Benny gets a goal on the 43rd. Make it 2-0 at half time to hashtag and a very different team talk uh, at half time. 
Um, unfortunately, then Bijamali gets a goal in the 67th minute to make it 3-1, and Hubble then gets a consolation goal um, on the 82nd minute to unfortunately make it a 3-1 humbling um, to, to hashtag, um, which is a shame. But in terms of the table, doesn't really move them in terms of their league position. Hashtag do leapfrog them into sixth place, but Canvia is still eighth place in this league. Um, certainly upper echelons of mid-table. Um, you know, there's there's certainly a gap forming in, in the playoff zone. They need to get a couple more, a few more wins under their belt to maybe push for a playoff playoff uh, playoff game there. But again, we'll keep talking about Hornchurch. Still unbeaten in this league. 14 wins, three draws. Massive 45 points off 17 games, putting Leicester and Ipswich to shame, um, <laughs> which is uh, good to see. But yeah, a one win, one loss game week for uh, um, Canvey. But they do play tomorrow night against Horsham, I think, either away or at home. I forget which one. Um, so fingers crossed they, they can get a win against a team in the same kind of position as them in 10. So that'd be a really good win if they can get that, pull that off. So as we say, up the Canvey and hopefully maybe a, a future guest on the director of football um, will be joining us on the pod, hopefully in the next few weeks, uh, either this side of Christmas or on the other side of Christmas into 2024. But it'd be good to learn from from them about the club and give you, the viewers or the listeners, more of an insight into the club and why we've we've chosen this year. And for us, uh, even more learning because, you know, our Canvey knowledge is probably as probably as a... Uh, fruitful as the as the listeners so um be good learning opportunity so yeah watch this space and as we always say up the canvy um joe any final thoughts before we close the pod today uh only what fruit you think canvy islanders um bit of a bit of a free roll this one because i won't be tracking this against their performance so recently but it's obviously we've grown a, a, a definitely an affinity with Canby and we we wish them luck so mm. I'm gonna go for uh I'm gonna go for the strawberry because I have been up and down you can get up and down strawberries can't you, you can go get really lovely strawberry or they're very very mushy and very very rank and their league league table position kind of seems just that eight wins or seven losses so you know you can't you don't know what you're gonna get from every single week so maybe a strawberry that's a good answer. I think that's going to please a lot of people. I think yeah. you've done, I have to say, considering I sprang that on you midway through the pod, I think you've done a really good job of those fruit questions. Thank and, you. Um, they, they will come back with force in the future. <laughs> 100%. And, and Strawberry could be one of them university loved ones and they go on a massive run on the table. And, you know, sometimes at certain points in the year, i.e. like July when Wimbledon is, Strawberry is the star of the show, right? So There you yeah. go. 100 percent there's there's method in the madness okay joe well let's finish it there um obviously to finish off we'll plug the socials obviously we're on the efl sesh pod is on all of the major streaming um platforms amazon music spotify apple music all that good stuff as always please give us a five-star review if you enjoy our content we love doing it hopefully you're enjoying listening to it to it and uh the the listening figures are growing every single week and it's great that we're getting some regulars joining the podcast and listening to podcasts every single week so you know the road to a thousand is very much on and we hopefully will get that maybe before the end of the year maybe in the start of next year maybe 2024 is the efl sesh pod year we'll see um and obviously yeah you'd uh, interact with us on twitter x or instagram at efl sesh pod we always put our latest uh, content there and we always try and 
break the latest news in the FL uh, for 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 your for your pleasure and for your um, inquisitive uh, eyes and ears. Um, so please, you know, follow us on there and interact with us. That'd be great. But we won't leave you any longer. Uh, we'll see you next week for a normal service league championship, League One, League Two review, and uh, have a lovely rest of your evening morning afternoon whenever you listen to podcast and to all the dogs out there listening to the pod when their owners have gone we'll see you in a mo and we'll see you next week ta-da